with another episode of Vertigo Voices and back into pilot season. Aren't you excited? Yeah. If you're listening to this episode, that means you survived the comic book mystery box episode. Which I still maintain is a fabulous episode. I guess time will tell. (laughs) Mostly because I got a shitload of comics. (laughs) So today we are watching the pilot for Swamp Thing. The 2019 TV series created by that noble failure of DC Universe streaming app. <laughs> this is the noble failure of the noble failure. <laughs> is this series was canceled before it premiered. <laughs> Seriously? Yes. Like the day, let me see, series premiered. No, I guess it doesn't say. Um, yeah, it was like, it was basically canceled like the same week that it premiered. Why? <laughs> um, because uh, they did, I, I, who knows? There's, there's like a million different theories. I'm sure we'll talk about it as we, as we watch. But, uh, okay, so I've got the Blu-ray of Swamp Thing in the, uh, the Blu-ray machine there. And <laughs> uh, uh, going to hit play on the pilot in three, two, one, play. Here we go. Let's see if there's... Oh, yeah. DC Universe Originals. <laughs> Splashing noise. Um, so, yeah, DC Universe was a streaming app that, that DC and Warner Brothers created as, like, a combination of digital comics and then, like, a repository for all of their movies and TV shows and stuff. And it was, it was really cool in the beginning because it had, like, all the DC Nation shorts and, like, every DC animated series and all this in one place. And I thought that was a really good idea. And then it had like rotating comic series that you could read throughout, you know, sometimes it would be this, you know, Superman, or sometimes it would be Batman or whatever. And you could read like complete runs of stories and things like that. Um, But it was kind of hobbled by a, the fact that there's a million streaming services out now. And this was one that was like laser focused just on DC comics. And then B Warner Brothers was planning the big rollout of, of uh, HBO Max, which completely took the thunder out of this. Absolutely. <laughs> which is why everything from this then was rolled over to HBO Max. Makes sense. Except Swamp Thing is a Yeah, exactly. Because it ended. Titans is. Stargirl is. Uh, what was the other? Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Yeah, those are the... So Titans, Doom Patrol, and Swamp Thing were the three announced at launch. Um, Titans was the first in Swamp Thing, or maybe, I can't remember. <laughs> but yeah. re- regardless, they all came out in that first year, and then uh, Stargirl after the fact. <clears throat> and then also the Harley Quinn animated series. That That's originated right. there, too. That's right. Also really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, we're into the first episode, and they're fucking in the swamp, blowing stuff up or something. I can't remember. <laughs> I feel like I should say, uh, just precursor, going back and listening to previous episodes of this miniseries, I realized that, uh, you know, a lot of these shows, like I've said before, Colby and I have talked about, I haven't seen, so I am experiencing them through you. And uh, all of the pilots thus far have gotten me interested enough in the series to watch the whole thing. And so we end up talking about the whole thing. So folks out there, if you haven't seen any of these shows yet and you're intrigued, 
I'm just going to say right now, for me, the pilot of Swamp Thing is a vertigo. It's a great pilot. I really enjoy it. And uh, as we go along here, I'm definitely going to talk about things that I feel that they uh, uh, <laughs> should have done better because, you know, I'm an armchair director. But no, I mean, just the, in the pilot itself is really well done, I think. Yeah. It looks I mean, it looks really pretty. It's It's filmed in a really great swamp set. <clears throat> it is. And the Swamp Thing costume looks great. And it's later on in the episode, there's some amazing body horror. It feels like the thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I put that in my notes. Yeah. I was a like, great body horror. And the, uh, the atmosphere is great. It's kind of creepy. So along with being canceled early, it was also originally announced for 13 episodes. And then again, shortly before it came out, they announced they were cutting it down to 10. So hmm. like... The writers didn't even really have time to accommodate that. They just had to, like, chop the their season that they'd written down. <laughs> oh, that explains some things. And again, like kind of like Human Target we were talking about, this ends on a cliffhanger. The introduction of a Swamp Thing villain, who I guess he's more of a just DC in general villain, but, uh, you you know, he's connected to Swamp Thing quite a bit. But, yeah, it's just weird. And there's there's tons of speculation as to why it was canceled this was filmed in north carolina and there was like tax cuts that were along with the series that went along with the series that apparently got rescinded at the last minute or something oh. and then like they were saying that and then north carolina was saying no we didn't do that and it was just weird back and forth and nobody really knows why it was canceled I just assumed that well, I had my own idea that, oh, it just didn't do well, so mm. they canceled it. But um, but how can you even do well or not on, on the DC streaming service? You know? That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can see where this might cost a little bit more money due to some of the, you know, the makeup and the special effects being pretty good. Um, but no, it's interesting that it just stopped because it seems like a lot of people like this show yeah it had some fun um dc connections too like madame xanadu was in it that's right um she's a you know a larger uh she actually had her own vertigo miniseries or maybe it was ongoing i can't remember like 15 years ago <clears throat> and then uh blue devil was on it you know that was that's that was right. fun to see uh ian Ziering as as blue devil <laughs> And the fact, like, they set him up as being, like, this movie star who played the Blue Devil in movies. And they show him in, the like, the classic Blue Devil costume. And there's, like, a hint of kind of a supernatural uh, story to him there. And I just remember thinking, like, oh, that's fun. And then the latter episodes when he just straight up turns into the Blue Devil. I was like, oh, holy shit, they're going all out with it. <laughs> they did it. They did it. And maybe that would have been... Uh more impactful i guess if they had had time to expand on that in a second season yeah oh um real quick james wan executive producer yeah. this has some you know some very creative power behind it yeah i think wasn't the pilot directed by len wiseman i think it was uh let's see it'll say there you go yeah uh -huh, len wiseman yep. he uh he's the director of the some of the underworld movies yeah, very popular movies yeah. he's directed he's directed some other comic tv stuff maybe can't remember i think so i looked him up the other day and of course you would think i would write that down but no that would make things too simple the funny thing is i uh 
I remember talking about a sand or a salmon. Jesus, I remember talking about a Swamp Thing adaptation like years ago. I don't know why this sticks out in my head, but this was like twenty years ago when I was in college, um, my freshman year of college, and I was uh, talking to a guy in a comic shop about the possibility of a Swamp Thing movie, and I was trying to talk. I was saying that I heard an update about it by Len Wein, the creator of Swamp Thing. But for some reason, I said Len Wiseman instead. And again, I don't know, that just stuck in my mind. Like, you fucking idiot. I can't believe you said that. (laughs) It's just funny because those two names are similar somewhat. And uh, Len Wiseman ended up directing Swamp Thing. So I was right. Exactly. (laughs) You were not off. I was was precognitive (laughs) of that. So he directed the pilot of Lucifer, Uh as well as uh, an episode of The Gifted, which is the X-Men TV series. And he produced a bunch of episodes of Lucifer and a bunch of episodes of Gifted. What what other movies has he done, too? Uh, Let's see. Underworld, Underworld 2, Underworld 4, Underworld 5. (laughs) Live for your die hard. Live for your die hard. Total Recall, (laughs) Underworld 6. Wait, no. (laughs) He only directed two two of the Underworlds. Produced all the others. Oh, okay. Excuse me. He directed Total Recall and Live for your die hard. So, I don't know. Some misses there. Mm-hmm. Some pretty significant misses. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did a great job directing this pilot. Yeah, and I, I like the first Underworld. It's a stylish, fun vampire movie. Vampire, whatever. Uh, werewolf movie. <laughs> it just kind of gets up its own ass with its mythology that goes crazy in the sequels. Oh, it totally does. Yeah, the, you're, the first one, like you said, it's it's fun. You're yeah. not gonna um, You're not going to win any brain cells, but you know you don't need to. You just turn off your brain and have a good time with that. So here we meet Abby Arcane. And I like what they did with her character in terms of, you know, making her, you know, she works with the CDC. Um, That guy's on Westworld. Is he? Yeah. Which season? A lot of them. (laughs) I've only seen the first season. He's in the first one. Oh, okay. He's one of the... uh, one of the scientists that, uh, what's her name, Tandy Newton, like, takes prisoner. And she, um, like, brings him along with her on her little quest. Okay. okay. I need to watch the rest of that series. I like the first season. I don't yeah, know Yeah, it's why. the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here he plays a, you know, the gay best friend, although I have to hand it to him. He's not... Is he gay? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Well, there's a line in here where uh, um, something like... Um, he, uh, she says, what would I do without you? And he says, find us both boyfriends. Uh, Something like that. Yeah, that could be worse. <laughs> that uh, that uh, trope has been done a lot worse. So. <laughs> oh, totally. They actually let him just be a normal person yeah. for the most part in this. Although it's disappointing because it's like after a couple of the first episodes, he goes back to the CDC in Atlanta. Yeah. And we never see him again. Yeah. Until he shows up yeah, to be the gay best friend. Yeah. Like, you can do it. Have you ever heard Patton Oswalt sing about the gay best friend? No. He said he was reading a script and they wanted him to play the gay best friend in this movie. And he's like, he's like, you know, it's like the, 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 the oh God, I can't remember the exact phrasing he used. But anyway, he said it's, it's one of those tropes that's just immediately dated in movies now, you know, and it's, it's all over the place. And he said that, that the gay best friend is always the one that's like, um, 
helping you through the problems and uh, expunging wisdom and all that. And he goes, and I, I read it and I said, okay, here's what I'll do. I will do this part and I will do it with all of your classic campy gay mannerisms, but I cannot say anything intelligent. It's like, I want to be the one dumb gay best friend. He's because I know lots of gay people. And guess what? Most of them are dumb, just like straight people. Everyone's dumb. Right. And he goes, he goes, and I would be, he's like, I just, I, I would love to do that. And just be like, yo, when you, when you three get together, you're like the three, um, the three, the three guys, what are the guys called? The three guys with the, do they, are, do they have muskets? Oh my God. Is it musketeers? Was I that close? <laughs> I, okay, I'd like to see that game, best friend. <laughs> and needless to say, he did not get the part. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tim Russ is in this. He plays the doctor. Oh, what is he in? What else is he in? Tim Russ? Yeah. Come on. It's Tuvok in Star Trek. Oh, okay. And right. he was in Spaceballs. Who was he in Spaceballs? We ain't found shit. <laughs> the dude is combing the desert? The yes. Biopic? All right, well, this, this pilot just rose, rose several estimations for me. <laughs> okay. Oh, and Matt Cable, um, Henderson Wade, plays Matt Cable, who's about to be introduced, who is a character from Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing, and then eventually becomes Matthew the Raven. That's right. In fact, his origin is in this, the part where he like crashes the car later on in the series. Yeah. But in the comics, he dies there. But in this, he survives. <laughs> so you think they were working up to that? I don't know. I think it was more just a reference than anything, because I knew they... I knew that they... Fuck. I think they knew that they weren't going to be tying in with Sandman or anything. So, fuck it. We'll just have a reference to it. <laughs> Why not? And here we meet uh, our Swamp Thing. Alec Holland. Mm -hmm. by Andy Bean, who was in something I, something else I... Oh, yeah, he was in uh, It, Chapter 2. Oh, yeah, he, um, who does he play? He's the dude that kills himself. Stan Uris, yeah. 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 What do you think of him here? He's fine. I mean, <laughs> Alec Holland is kind of a cipher. He can... The important thing about that character is the swamp thing, you know? That's true. <laughs> so, like, the main story beats for him are he is a scientist who's working in the swamp who falls in love with Abby Arcane. Yeah. If you can sell that, the rest is, is, all, is all told with the swamp dude. <laughs> And he does sell it. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. I don't really have any complaints. Uh, the original, in the original something movie, he was played by Ray Wise. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. That's an interesting thing to have on your resume. And think. the funny thing, too, in the Swamp Thing movie, they combined Abby Arcane with Matt Cable and made Abby Cable. Oh. Hmm. And she's like a... Because in, in, in this, Cable is like a... Small town sheriff or something. Yeah, sheriff's deputy. But in the comics, he's a, a FBI agent. That's right. And so in the Swamp Thing movie, they made Cable Abby Cable an FBI agent. And then the sequel, they introduced Abigail Arcane <laughs> as like so. Abby Cable and Abby Arcane are two two separate characters in the uh, movies. And in the comics, um, aren't. Pardon? They're married. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, I was trying to, trying to remember. Well, and that's something that. Okay, folks. Now I'm I'm, I'm talking about the rest of the series. Um, that's something that like doesn't 
I mean, I really wanted to like these series in like the first few episodes. I really do enjoy. I think it's well done. But um, near the end, they have this episode called Loose Ends. And I feel like it's really fitting for where the show yeah. goes. Because there's a lot that doesn't tie in together or gets abandoned. Or the focus is put on something else that feels, to me, felt minor. And like they set up this love triangle between her and Matt and the Swamp Thing. And it goes nowhere. Yeah. Well, again, that's a result of cutting the season off early and then not allowing a second season. Which, yeah, that, that does, ex- now after you told me that, that does explain a lot. It's a really old box of cornflakes. It is, <laughs> yes. Yes, it's vintage, as they say. Um, Flies buzzing. And they do do a good job of, like you said, setting up the body horror and just kind of the grime and... Um, Disgust makes you feel a little bit like, you know, you need to take a shower after walking into yeah. some of these environments. Isn't this the part where they find the body? Yes. Which leads to the autopsy scene, which is really good. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Absolutely. Um, I was trying to find earlier who did the makeup for this show, and I couldn't find it in time. Um, but, yeah, they do a fantastic job. It, it could have been really cool to see how that developed in season two. Yeah. Scraping. Uh-oh. Dun-dun-dun. Um, I feel like... Oh, yeah. I, I was going to say, I feel like they abandoned her origin story. They, they very briefly touch on Anton Arcane, her yeah. father and, like, the main villain of Swamp Thing. Um, you only see him, and it's just implied that it's him in like some flashbacks that she sees. A very cheesy flashback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I, re- I feel like that was a huge missed opportunity because Arcane's a fucking great villain, and and I, I just, I don't know. I wanted to see him. Yeah, it could have been scary. I think that's what they were going for. They were trying to make it scary. He shows up as a faceless man, yeah. and um, fortunately, I, I giggled more at that scene than than I didn't. Did you know that after this series ended, it wasn't the last appearance of Derek Mears as Swamp Thing? No. He has one final appearance in the final episode of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's a quick cameo. Yeah. Feel. It shows at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths, they re- restart the multiverse or whatever, and it shows like all the new universes that have been created, and you see like the Arrowverse... And then you see the Doom Patrol all hanging outside of the Doom Manor, like, dancing. <laughs> and then you see Swamp Thing, like, sitting in the swamp alone. Oh. <laughs> and and the Titans. You see the Titans also. Excellent. Okay. Well, I'm glad they brought him back. He uh, he does a good job. It's just funny because they, they, they show him at the end implying that, like, oh, and the Swamp Thing universe is still kicking. But that's after the show had already ended. <laughs> and it's really too bad because again the swamp words hard bear with me the swamp thing costume looks fantastic yeah and Derek Mears does a good job of emoting through all that thick green makeup and effects yeah when they hired him I was like fuck yeah that's perfect like he's the perfect actor to play swamp thing because he's done a lot of that sort of acting like he played Jason in uh, the Friday the 13th remake. He did, that's right. And he was in one of the Hills Have Eyes movies, and I think he was a predator. He was in Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. He's a tall dude, right? Yeah, he's really tall. 
and he knows how to act under prosthetics and shit like that. Not he also, easy. this is a weird thing that I know about him. He played the, like, the mocap for a character in one of the Resident Evil CGI animated movies. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? You're... I don't know. I think he was just, like, a soldier. Oh. Huh. I know that. Oh, Re- Resident Evil Degeneration. He played Curtis Miller and G. <laughs> All right. I only know that because I watched the special features on that DVD. <laughs> <laughs> well, a long career. Oh, he played uh, Cyclops and Percy Jackson. I haven't seen that. Me neither. <laughs> Not one that's high on the list. Yeah, he's he's done a lot of uh, he's done a lot of work under prosthetics, like like Doug Jones. There you go. It's like a tall, muscular Doug Jones. <laughs> I read, I think it was on Cinema Blender, they did an interview with him mm-hmm. about this, and he referred to the Swamp Thing uh, costume as the Cadillac of suits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it was a lot of fun to wear. Yeah, there he is. See, he played uh, Swamp Thing on Legends oh, of Tomorrow. There it is. He's uncredited. Oh, uh, he was on The Flash, too. He played Dwarf Star. I forgot about that. I have not seen the... Uh, well, that's on HBO Max, right? I should be watching Is that. it? No, I think it's still on Netflix. Oh, okay. Uh, Dwarf Star was a, he's like, uh, the Atom. He's like an evil version of the Atom. Oh, uh, okay. In the comics, he was on the Secret Six. Bane made his own Secret Six, and he was one of them. <laughs> huh. I confess I'm not too familiar with Dwarf Star, but, and... He's a new-ish character. Let me see, hold on. Oh, he played a Kree on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. also. Funny thing about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like not tied into the Marvel Cinematic Universe anymore. It's like they tried and they failed. One of my favorite things about that show is like in its second season or so, there was a an interview with the creator, Joss Whedon, who said like, you know, as far as I'm concerned, um, Coulson's dead in the movies. It was a mistake to bring him back. <laughs> so like that that show doesn't doesn't exist anymore. Like wow, the creator of that show didn't like the idea of creating it. <laughs> so it, it was a misguided concept. Yeah, Door Star was created in 20, 2006 by oh. Gail Simone. Huh. Well, I like Gail Simone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's he's done a lot of a lot of stuff. He has. More than you'd think. He was in Comedy Bang Bang, for God's sake. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. It was a podcast that got turned into an IFC comedy chat show, Scott Ackerman. Huh? Originally, it was Scott Ackerman and Reggie Watts. And then Reggie Watts left the show. So it was Scott Ackerman and Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> was it good? Yeah, it was funny. Okay, so here we are. They're going out to the swamp for the first time, Abby Arcane and uh, Alec Holland. Um, And they do a good job, I think, of setting up the eventual swamp thing reveal. Yeah. Here's one thing I'll say. He he jokes about, like, wearing flip-flops because they're they're, uh, comfy. Mm -hmm. Like, you wouldn't wear flip-flops in a swamp. You would not. No. No. Especially especially if you're a scientist and you know what kind of shit is out there. Exactly. (laughs) Well, that's, it may seem like a small nitpick, but throughout this series, there's a couple times where Abby is like, I have to go out to the swamp. And I'm like, put on your wellies. You don't wear your Nordstrom booties out to the swamp. (laughs) But anyway, wherever this, uh, I want this 
uh, his house on the uh, bayou here to be a real thing because it's very cool and I want to live there. I want to look at it from a distance and <laughs> say, that looks creepy, and then walk away. <laughs> Not spend the night. I try to figure out at the town that it's set in Mar... Mar- Marie, trying to figure out if that's in the comic or not, because there's like a lot of Louisiana towns that that uh, pop up in the comics. There was one series or one uh, like the storyline immediately prior to or after the creation of John Constantine. I can't remember where it came because, uh, but there's an issue where where Swamp Thing goes to this flooded town that is inhabited by vampires Ooh. is live underwater because that way they don't have to deal with the sun. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. And uh, I, just remember, yeah. I just remember that was a really cool storyline. And I remember thinking like, I wonder if that's where Murray is from, but I don't remember. Hmm. I, don't, I don't think so. Like they just made it up for the show. Maybe. I don't know. Let me look Murray DC comics. Oh. Only getting the Swamp Thing show. Oh. Yep, so it's only in the show, so it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Should have used the name of that town from the comic. <laughs> Not a real place. Anyway, I'm gonna look up Swamp Thing. Spell it right. Swamp Thing Flood Flooded Vampires. <laughs> See what that town was called. Going, going, going. You evade my questions, Constantine. This game that you play is dangerous. Swamp Thing number 38. Again, cool cover. Rosewood, Illinois. Well, that's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Illinois is stupid. Why would you... (laughs) Why would you live there as a vampire? (laughs) Well, didn't... Correct me if I'm wrong, but... Oh, that was an animal man also. That same town. Oh. Someone likes Illinois. Wow, he those same vampires showed up in an earlier issue of Swamp Thing. Weird. I think I have that issue. I do. Hello, hello. What That's here? crazy. I had no idea that was that that was like a sequel. That issue was a sequel to an earlier issue. Ah. So uh, this is Swamp Thing Volume Two. So Saga of the Swamp Thing, Issue Three from 1982. Now a major motion picture from Avco Embassy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember Avco? That's funny. This was before Alan Moore took over. What year did he take over again? I want to say like 84. Okay. And correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't like some of the first Swamp Things, weren't those set in like Romania or something? I can't remember. So the original the original appearance of the character wasn't Alec Holland. No. Um, that was... So, let me see. Swamp Thing... It's trying to autofill flooded vampires now. <laughs> I can't remember the original Swamp Thing's name. It's created. I mean, it's created by Len Wein and Bernie Wrighton. We're both legends in the comic book. Is that the? Is that the the cop from Baywatch? That looks like him. <laughs> I don't remember. It's been too long since I've actually watched this. So. <laughs> Familiar face. Okay, so the first Swamp Thing for 24 issues, 72 to 76. Ah, fuck me. Come on. 
Uh, no, that's that is the the version. I think like the first appearance or so, he was a different character. I thought he had a different name too. Yeah, well, I know he did. I just can't remember if it was the can't remember if it was like the first issue, like his first appearance, or like multiple issues. I, that is an I excellent know. question. I don't. I don't care. Look into it anymore. I'm, I'm <laughs> bored with this. Like, and I'm done. <laughs> uh, another character from the comic. Um, what's his name? Uh, Avery Sunderland. He's a villain from the Alan Moore run. And Will Patton, they made him up to look exactly like the character in the comic. <laughs> and Will Patton. I mean, it's Will Patton, yeah. so and he always plays a good bad guy. He's been in a few comic book movies. He was in uh, The Punisher, Tom Jane's Punisher. That's right. That's right, yeah. Uh, John Travolta shoots him? No, he stabs him. Stabs him. That's, that was a really weird subplot where, like, the Punisher, like tries to uh like out him because he's gay and he's closeted and the punisher's like oh, i got some pictures of you kissing a dude and i'm gonna show him to john travolta like like that's mean <laughs> i mean i realize the guy's like a killer or like a hitman or whatever but like don't use his don't use his like personal life against him just shoot him <laughs> well, but i i see i haven't watched that movie in a long time but um but then he tricks John Travolta into thinking that, that he's he and his, his wife. wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but he, he does all the trickery by by telling Will Patton that he's going to show John, or he's going to out him to John Travolta. <laughs> just, I don't know, it's just a weird, like, quirk that, that, I don't know, I don't think that would work today, you no. know? Like, who the fuck cares if your hitman is gay, you know? Right, right. exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's a dude that you hire to kill people. Who cares? Exactly. Who cares who he's boning? Yeah. But back in, like, 2004, it was it just felt like weird gay panic that, I don't know, I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't address it very well. Mm. But there's a lot about that movie that's kind of, meh. It's not bad, but... I think that yeah. is the cop from Baywatch. <laughs> God. Look at him. I, I couldn't tell you. That's... <laughs> Look up... Bay. This is the cop that always drove on the four wheeler. <laughs> I just remember the slow mo shots from that show. That's that's pretty much I thought what everybody remembered. <laughs> Gregory Allen Williams. That name is familiar. He was in. Dun, dun, dun. Doesn't say Swamp Thing. Wait, is this even the right guy? <laughs> <laughs> Gregory, I, I need a picture. Show me a picture, goddammit. What do you look like, Gregory? See, that looks like that dude that was just there. Or is that... Look! It's totally got to be him. Or is that... No, I think that's Nathan Ellery, isn't it? Another bad guy that shows up later in the show. The dude that was just talking. Yeah. Fucking solve this. <laughs> it's got to... He's in something! Right. <laughs> it's Mayor Riley. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Indicated. I knew that was him. <laughs> ah! Just picture him in Baywatch driving on his four-wheeler. Gregory <laughs> Allen Williams. Four-wheeler. <laughs> Images. Oh, you bitch. There's not a single picture on here. Deprived. Denied. Baywatch. Oh God. He was also he also starred in Baywatch Nights. <laughs> oh, it, 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 oh, oh. Yep, 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 yep. There, there we go. 
There he is. That's like that's the only like, you can't even see the fucking four wheeler. You see more of uh, see more of Mitch Buchanan's belly button than you do the four wheeler <laughs> in that picture. Bastards. And it's funny because he's got like a long sleeve windbreaker on yeah. with you know an, a dress shirt underneath and shorts yeah. like you do on the beach. Yeah, he's a beach cop. <laughs> Before that was before Baywatch Nights when he and Mitch were solving like supernatural crimes. That was a thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I am not joking. <laughs> Baywatch Nights. Because why? Because it's colder at night. Oh god. That was the tagline. <laughs> oh no. You set me up. <laughs> oh my yeah, god. Yeah, see like there's he's got a gun. Like they're he's he's like an undercover cop solving like like werewolves and fucking zombies. Maybe not zombies, but like, it's like ghosts and shit. There okay. we go. They watch nights. There they are. Lou Rawls. Lou Rawls was in it, motherfucker. <laughs> and Angie Harmon. Oh my goodness. How come he doesn't get his name on the poster? I don't know. I don't know. That's an excellent question. But, but Maybe he didn't want his name on the poster. <laughs> the name of this Mayor Riley. Yeah. Doesn't get, that, that, that's too bad. Hmm. How long was Baywatch Nights? I there? don't know. There Probably a season. 95 to 97, but ni- 19 episodes. Officer Garner Ellerby. All right then. <laughs> wow. Fuck. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> well, now he's in Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah, this is a cool scene. This is like the crazy body horror thing shit. This is like, like this, this is the whole episode. This makes the episode. Right, right. Here. right. It's a fabulous homage to the thing. Looks great. Freaky, slimy, gross. Some of the best body horror that I've seen in a long time. With some pretty, like, I mean, that is obviously CGI right there. But some fairly seamless CGI in some scenes. Exactly. <laughs> I can't fucking some in the back. God, that's creepy. That's uh, gross, gross, gross. It's the, yeah, it's like you watch it and you're like, you can almost, you can almost smell the guy. Reminds me, too, of the movie Slither. I have not seen that yet. James Gunn. I've been meaning to watch it. I just haven't got around to it yet. It's got a lot of like practical effects like that. It looks very cool. And then, then this this child here, um, you know, she's also a, a. For those of you at home, um, there's a kid in here in the pilot who comes down with the green flu, this virus that's affecting the town. And then she gets adopted by the Sunderlands later on as this uh, oh, yeah. pseudo daughter. And you never see her again. Yeah. Like it never factors in. Quick, kick it with your flip flop. <laughs> Take off your flip flop and beat it. Yeah, that was a weird subplot. And that, I don't think that's a character from the comic. So it's one of those that, like, who cares? <laughs> right. <laughs> from, right. From my point of view, like, come on. <laughs> give, give the A plots to the characters from the comics. Please do. And uh, has she, have we had the part yet where she runs into the Sunderlands and Mrs. Sunderland says that when this is done, get your ass out of town? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they've met yet. Okay. Or maybe, I don't know, was that at the, was that when I was sidetracked by the cop from Baywatch? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care about who the original Swamp Thing was, but we must know yeah. about the cop from yeah. Baywatch. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities, damn it. Although now I feel like my uh, pop culture knowledge is richer for knowing that there was a supernatural Baywatch show. Fire con Dios. (laughs) 
It's a clever <clears throat> way to, to burn a monster tree. Monster vines. You know, I was just thinking about other Vertigo shows that we haven't talked about yet. Um, and tertiarily tying them together. Did you know that there was an Animal Man animated series? I did not. A series of animated shorts for DC Nation, which again, back when DC Universe app was around, you could watch them all on there. Um, and it was just a series of like comedy shorts where Animal Man was played by Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> oh, how did I miss that? There was also some Doom Patrol shorts too. Are they, uh, they moved it to HBO Max? Nope. <laughs> All the DC Nation stuff just got wiped away. Oh. DC Nation was like a block of programming on Cartoon Network that would air Saturday mornings between episodes of, I think, Young Justice and Beware the Batman. And they would just have like shorts of like two minute. Uh, so there was, oh, and Shade the Changing Man had one too. Oh. There was Shade the Changing Man, Animal Man, Doom Patrol, um, one called Tokyo Batman, one called, I think, something like Life in Metropolis or something, and it was just, like, shorts focusing on, on Lois Lane or Jimmy Olsen or whatever. I think it was a Bizarro one, maybe. And, uh, and then there was Teen, uh, Teen Titans, not Teen Titans Go. There was, there was, like, another, another little series connected to Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. Mm -hmm. And then there was some, like, live-action stuff, like, testing the gadgets of the DC universe. Like they had this dude, this like bow and arrow expert fire a uh, punching, uh, uh, punching glove arrow. <laughs> <laughs> and then like they had somebody, I don't know, like Catwoman's whip or whatever. Maybe, I think they did one about one of Penguin's things, uh, umbrellas or something, but it was like a fun, uh, like DC in real life. And all of that shit was on the DC universe app, but now it's gone. Has any bit of it been uploaded to the net? I don't know, probably, probably on YouTube somewhere. I have to look it up. I really wanted them to release it all, like, just all the DC Nation shorts on, like, a DVD. The funny thing was, though, when that came out, when the DC Nation block of programming came out, they had some ads for stuff that was never actually shown. Like, one of them, years ago, there was a short, probably like a three- or four-minute short for Blue Beetle, it was like a live-action Blue Beetle short that was just filmed as a proof of concept for, like, a possible Blue Beetle movie. And a clip of that was shown in the ad for DC Nation. And then there was another one. There was this video game that came out in, like, 2012 or so called Gotham City Imposters. And it was, like, a run-and-gun kind of, like, Fortnite-style game. Not really like Fortnite. I don't know. Like a different kind of first-person shooter. Uh, like, arena-based shooter game. And you played as people dressed like Batman or Joker <laughs> and just with crazy guns and shit. And there was like a commercial for like an animated series based on that that was never, never saw the light of day. Never materialized. Yeah. Well, it sounds like they had some good ideas brewing, maybe. Shame that they didn't get their, their uh, full turn. Yeah, it was just a weird little chunk of DC programming on... Cartoon Network that then was somewhat ported over to DC Universe and now is just gone. Alas. I can't remember if this character was from the comics or not. I think she was. Liz Tremaine. She has a very comic book name, Liz Tremaine. Excuse me. Yeah, she's in the comics.
I something about her voice puts me off though. Oh really? It's off-puttingly husky. <laughs> like like it sounds like she's smoking as she's talking. <laughs> Do you think that it has an affectation to it, like she's doing it on purpose? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is, not for you. There's just something about it, yeah. And she, unfortunately, I don't think the writer's meant to do this, but it's like, she is also a gay character in the show. Cool. Um, But it's like, there's, her girlfriend shows up to show you that she is gay. Great. Fine. And then her girlfriend does one more thing in the show, uh, finds some revealing piece of evidence about Alec Holland's murder. Never brought up again. Yeah. And she, too, turns into the gay best friend, like, you know, don't worry, Abby, I'm with you. In the comics, she's a journalist. And this, isn't she just, like, a bar owner? But she's a bar owner, and she's a journalist here, okay. too. A community yeah, newspaper. Yeah, bar, own, bar owner journalist. Yeah. See, you see that a lot. <laughs> Why not? It's a dream. <laughs> it's like uh, adventurer slash college professor. <laughs> You know, Indiana college, Jones. <laughs> college professors have a lot of time for that. <laughs> Are they saying Eddie Coyle? I think so. The, the, I've noticed that twice now. I think they said Eddie Coyle. That's a reference to a book um, that was also turned into a movie called Friends, The Friends of Eddie Coyle. Friends of Eddie Coyle. Uh, the film was uh, starred Robert Mitchum and Peter Boyle. I have the Criterion edition of that. Huh. Yeah, the book's by George Higgins, who's like a crime novelist, who's known for his, like, really intense, like, real crime stories. I have not read any of his work, unfortunately. Uh, his other, so he wrote Friends of Eddie Coyle, like, second most famous work is Kogan's Trade. They got turned into the movie Killing Them Softly. I have heard of that one. Okay. I haven't read the book. I should read the book. I wonder if it's better than the movie. I really like the movie. The movie's... I don't dislike the movie, but... Um... It's fucking grimy and gritty. I love it. <laughs> um, Peter Boyle's character, Dylan, in Friends of Eddie Coyle, is in... Um, is in uh, Killing Them Softly. And in Killing Them Softly... Well, I'm doing some, like, wiki... <laughs> He's played... By Sam Shepard. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, that's awesome. I did not know that. Nice tie-in. But look at the look at the fucking cast of Killing Them Softly. Aside from Brad Pitt, Richard Jenkins, Ray Liotta, Ben Mendelsohn, James Gandolfini, Scoot McNary, Sam Shepard. It's got a great cast. It it does. And it's the only time I've ever liked the song "Strokin'." <laughs> Actually, I take that back. That's not this movie. Excuse me. Thinking of a different one. Um, I'm thinking of. Uh, wow, that was totally wrong. I was thinking of Killer Joe. Oh, killing see. killer. I guess I don't know. There's similar grimy crime movies. Absolutely, they are. Yes, yes. God, killer Joe. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's another podcast for another time. But good movie if you like that kind of thing. It is a good movie. Excuse me. Oh, here we go. Here's the here's the confrontation. Oh, I don't know, man. The more I watch this, the more I'm thinking this is a slow for me. <laughs> it's just kind of like a like a lethargically paced pilot. I actually 
actually think it paces itself pretty well in setting up the world and letting you know the different dynamics between these characters. It just turned into the series as an overall arcing Swamp Thing story. It's turned into a Verta Slow for me because they bring up so much stuff that, again, doesn't get addressed, really doesn't have that much of a dramatic impact. Like right here, the whole conflict between Abby Arcane and the Sutherlands is... You know, they of course they don't go into it here, but they give you the idea that Abby did something horrible when she was young that resulted in the death of their daughter Shauna. And you see a little bit of that in the flashback earlier too. A little bit, yeah. Um, but then they do something that I always think is a cop out, and I've seen it in other shows and movies where you see what actually happened, and it really takes away the moral weight of the storyline because it's like you know, spoilers for those of you who are still hanging with us and, you know, are going to watch a whole series of Swamp Thing. She playfully pushes the daughter off the bridge, who was standing there the whole time, like, trying to peer pressure her into jumping into the water. And then she gets drug off by some unseen entity into the swamp. Which isn't bad, but you look at that and you... Because, like, they set this whole thing up like, oh, it was probably grad night and, you know, Abby Art was drunk driving or something like did something really horrible and then you actually watch what happened and you're like that's it and like you've hated this girl since she was 17 like that's it (laughs) so yeah it really doesn't have much dramatic payoff i don't think well i mean I, i mean death of a kid i get it they're gonna blame her for that but why though i mean because it's not like she was it was a total accident yeah but they don't know that and She's the only one who was with their daughter when their daughter died, so I'm sure no matter what, there's going to be some rawness there. It's just as we, as the audience, find out the truth, but they never will. True. The family isn't. So I, I get the conflict between her and the family. At the same time, like, at this point in the series, I don't fucking care. <laughs> I want to see Swamp Thing. The show's called Swamp Thing. We're 45 minutes into it. And, and we have yet to meet Swamp Thing. And no Swamp Thing. <laughs> See, I don't mind that, though, because they do a good job of establishing who he is before he came to Swamp Thing. And then when the reveal happens, you're like, oh, that's great. It looks so fantastic. To me, it's, it's the human target thing again. I just I want to cut to the chase. Show me the, show me the main character already. <laughs> and I get we have Alec Holland, sure. But again, it's called Swamp Thing, not Alec Holland. <laughs> not the Alec Holland story. There's only so much Bruce Wayne I can take before I see Batman. <laughs> give it to us um, you know and maybe on that note this would have been more tidy and concise if they had actually made it like a mini series like go ahead and yeah, make, probably. You know, make it six hours Yeah, it, sh- it probably and that's, that's a problem that at this time like two years ago probably two to five years ago there was a real problem with length of streaming shows mm-hmm. because we were, we were in this transi- transition phase that we're kind of still in, where we didn't really know how long series uh, or seasons of series should be. Because we're, we're used to the old network television, 24 episodes a season of a show. Right. But now, now that storytelling is more concise in shows like this, and it's less episodic and more, more uh, ongoing in terms of storylines, that necessitates shorter seasons. And, like, especially with shows like uh, when Netflix was doing their Marvel shows, like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, those were all, like, 13-episode seasons, and they fucking dragged. (laughs) Like, they had some amazing stuff in it, but there was also a lot of filler because they needed to get 13 episodes because that's how long seasons were. 
Um, and nowadays, you can have a six or eight episode season of a show, and, um, and it feels like much more, much like you know, uh, all killer no filler. <laughs> yes, yes, gets you to the dramatics quicker and more intensely. Um, like people were even accusing WandaVision of having too much filler, and it's eight episodes, and because the first two episodes were a lot of mystery without much explanation. But see, that's like. And that's something that I think a lot of people, like, I just don't agree with the idea. You hear people say this a lot because, you know, we're all critics and we all have access to the internet. And one thing I hear a lot in movie forums and on uh, apps like Stardust is, well, it's a really slow burn. And it's like, it's not a slow burn. It's setting up the world. And there are examples of shows where, you know, yes, there's filler and you're like, that doesn't need to be there. And we can point out several examples here. Um, but I don't think it's a slow burn or quote unquote filler to establish the world, to establish the characters. And yeah, don't tell me everything that's happening in the first two episodes that defeats the purpose. It just depends on, just depends on how it's done. And I, I just, I feel like this could have been tightened up this pilot. And I think that's indicative of the series as a whole. There just could have been some tightening there. Yeah. Well, it starts out, um, it starts out uh, a lot of fun and like it has a purpose, but then it kind of, and it does have a purpose as it goes along, but again, it just kind of gets mixed into this fantastically atmospheric slurry. Yeah. Um, because the whole, with the pilot, the whole uh, point is, okay, what's causing this virus, the green flu? And the green flu goes away pretty fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns into like, you know, um, uh, corporate pollution of the swamp and an environmental message. And then you've got all this personal aside stuff going on. And, um, you know, then there's some devil crossing that they want you to be surprised by, but you're really not surprised by. And, uh, I like Kevin Durand in this. Oh yeah. He's not even in the pilot, is he? No, he's not. He's not. That's true. He doesn't show up until later as Jason Woodrow. Um, who was also, was also played by, um, John Glover in Batman and Robin. Really? <laughs> yeah. Ah, he, I... uh, he is the, in that, he creates Poison Ivy and Bane. That's right. Oh my, I haven't seen that movie in, in well, since it came out. But uh, I totally forgot about that. Jason Woodrow, Batman and Robin. Here we go. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Who is that? John Glover. Well, yes, I know that, that actor. <laughs> <laughs> he looks familiar. He looks crazy as hell there. Oh, but... John, you don't know who that is? That's the dude that I said should play Kane. Oh, it's, uh, yes. Lionel Luther in Smallville. And been in a ton of stuff. He does look a lot like... I see the yeah. cane. Yeah, I see the cane there. Okay. And he was in... Uh, he's in RoboCop 2. <laughs> ah. Anyway, yeah, um... Yeah, so Jason Woodrow um, obviously becomes the Floronic Man. And I remember when this series was uh, airing. Jesus Christ, they're still talking. We're almost an hour into this. There's no Swamp Thing yet. Um, when this series was airing, and they were like, there's a big surprise at the end of the first, or at the end of the last episode. And in my heart, I was like, oh, please, God, let it be John Constantine. Even though knowing that it wouldn't be. And then sure enough, it was not. It was just fucking... Floronic man. <laughs> and that's cool. Like, it's nice that they've worked him into it, but, you know, it's one scene. Right. 
Right. Doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. No, it doesn't. And I, I they make him look really monstrous. Yes. Like he looks like a like a demon in a fucking I don't know Hellboy movie or something. <laughs> but one of the things I always liked about Floronic Man in the comic is he always gave him a very human looking face. Right. And he's just off ever so slightly. There's an issue of JLA. I think it was back when Morrison was still writing it, where I take that back. It wasn't, it wasn't JLA. The JLA were in it, but it was an issue of Starman where Floronic Man was in it. And uh, he is like a, a, fuck, he's like a Arkham prisoner oh yes and like batman brings him in to this story so that they can uh is they're trying to save solomon grundy who's a uh he's a character who's connected to swamp thing and the green and all that too he's one of those plant-based characters so they get woodrow to grow a psychedelic tuber (laughs) that they they all eat like all the superheroes eat and it like connects all their minds in the psychedelic plane into solomon grundy's so they can try to rescue the good side of Grundy from the bad side. So he does have extensive, obviously extensive comic history yeah. and lots of, lots of different tie-ins. I have I haven't read any Starman. I need to catch up on that. It's a so. great fucking series. But yeah, uh, Floronic Man. That, I think that might have been the first story I read of of uh, Floronic Man. Oh, where he appears in his original. I think he was originally an alien, or maybe he still is in the comics. Thoronic Man appearance from the Green Lantern. Hmm. Plant Master. It says his alter ego is Jason Windrum. Yeah, but I th- I think he was like an. Yeah, da, da. I don't know. It's this experimental formula. I don't know. For some reason, I thought I thought there was like one continuity where he was an alien who was just pretending to be human. Oh. And I don't know. Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> All right, 52 minutes in, and still no Swamp Thing. Still no Swamp Thing. Well, and this is kind of where they hamstring themselves, too, because they want to, they're trying to set up this love story. Um, And it still doesn't quite work for me, because he gets turned into the Swamp Thing, and all of a sudden, just because they have this nice night together where they drink bourbon, um, they're in love. And it probably would have played better, again, as I armchair direct and write here, if... Maybe they set it up where they already knew each other, and they. I don't like that. I like the fa- I, in the comics she falls in love with him as Swamp Thing. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And I like that better. I like her seeing the humanity in the monster. Yes. And I, I think that works better if they don't have a pre-created history or relationship or whatever. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Go ahead and embrace the Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Aspect. Exactly. And that's that's a huge part of the comic, and I feel like it barely comes up in the show, their relationship. Yeah, not so much. I mean, there's all like, oh, I know who he, the swamp monster is. It's really fucking uh, Alex Holland. I know it. But there's not like I don't feel any real love between them. Like yeah. they're they're like uh, they're they're allies in this, and there's there's probably like a hint of romantic relationship, but it, I don't really feel a deep connection between them. No, they dive into that pretty quick. And also her guilt about, which, I don't know, maybe it's just because, you know, I, I uh, can uh, uh, be pretty emotionally constipated about stuff. Her total turn where she's like, I could save him, I could save him. It's like, what? It's not about you, it's okay. 
I mean, and here's, okay, finally, we're going to see him get turned into the Swamp Thing. And um, it's not a bad, you know, they do it well, I think. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, it's not as good as the uh, Wes Craven movie, though. The, the creation of the Swamp Thing scene in that movie is fucking amazing. Um, cause his lab, it's in the comics, his lab gets lit on fire. He runs out of it like flaming and falls into the swamp. And then Swamp Thing emerges from that. And that's exactly what happens in the West Craven movie. You see this dude just covered in flames, like, like, you know, absolutely 100% on fire, head to toe, <laughs> run out and wow. fall into the, fall into the swamp. And it looks fucking gorgeous. Some very brave stunt man. Yeah, exactly. I need to watch the movies. The Wes Craven one is fine. It feels very dated, and it's it's a good origin of the story, but it, it's totally a result of its time. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't really hold up. Like the suit looks stupid. <laughs> you, know, you can see the seams. It looks like a just a dude in a green wetsuit. Um, but the actor Dick Durock, who plays Swamp Thing, does a hell of a job. There's a lot of emotion in his eyes, mm-hmm. and that there's a reason that he played the character in two movies and a. A multi-season TV show, too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, again, it's not easy to do to act through all that makeup yeah. and prosthetics. I think Derek Mears, who plays Swamp Thing in this, is a good, like, spiritual successor to that role. Agreed. Agreed. Here we go. Almost Swamp Thing time. <laughs> woo And again, it looks great. It looks really cool. And I like the uh, opening theme by Brian Taylor. He did a wonderful job with the theme. Um, and the colors, yeah. although, except there is, um, several episodes in, I can't remember the name of the episode, but it's the one where he's like taking her, um, around as Alec Holland as she, oh, yeah. Yeah. and to try and get the brightness of the flowers and the swamp, like more vibrant, it's like they messed with the contrast. Yeah. So the flowers look really beautiful and bright and the actors are totally washed yeah. out. One of the things, later on, when he's, like, fighting those military guys, I love his, like, his one move of, like, turning trees into shotguns. <laughs> just, like, punch the tree, and then they shoot splinters out. <laughs> I, yeah, I appreciated that, too. <laughs> there was some fun use of foliage as a weapon. <laughs> and, like, great makeup. Like, yeah, when he does yeah. that, and that one guy gets just a face full of splinters. Mm-hmm. Alec, whatever happened to you? He's not Alec anymore. And this is kind of another thing about the show that it, it uh, I mean, it's it's cool that they based it off the comic. And I think that you're going to have to correct me because you know more than I about this. But wasn't it Grant Morrison who... Uh, no. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. No. Alan Moore. Alan Moore. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, speaking of being bad with names. Um... Alan Moore, in his run, came up with the idea that the Swamp Thing never was a man. It's yeah. just a plant who thinks that was yep. a man. Yeah, it's just like, like a, uh, it's not actually Alec Holland reincarnated or whatever. It's this um, being, this, this earth elemental that um, kind of took the identity of Alec Holland. Right. Absorbed his consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. So they're two different beings, really. And in that, um, uh, what's his name? Andy Diggle, Breccia, uh, mm-hmm. Enrique Breccia, uh, Swamp Thing series. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually reanimate 
um, Alec Holland's body. <laughs> yeah. That'll do it. This weird skeleton dude with one eye. <laughs> <laughs> and in the show, it's supposed to be, and it should be, like this big emotional reveal where he finds yeah. out that, you know, you're just a plant. Oh, speaking of which. Hey, there we go. 59, 50, 58 minutes in, and we get something. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I get ending the episode on that, but I just, I really wish it was earlier. <laughs> <laughs> like, show me the beast. And it is, I mean, there are some moments in the pilot and, you know, throughout the show, and they kind of peter out as the show goes along, where they do a pretty good job with the, the horror aspect. Um, I'm sorry, if I saw that coming out of the swamp, I would run too. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I can't even imagine that situation. <laughs> right. The end. We got about 40 seconds of Swamp Thing. <laughs> and there you have it. So, yes. Yeah, that was Swamp Thing, the pilot episode. Like I said, I, it's, it's a bit of slow for me. I think it was good, but I really wish it was better. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's, that's kind of dimin- uh, diminishing... Whatever the term is, that's that's kind of like not fair because the show did a lot right. <clears throat> it looks gorgeous and it's got a good cast and was fairly well directed. I just I wish it was just tighter. Like so many things. Amen. I, just, I wish there was. There's a lot of shows that just get too wrapped up in in long flowing stories. I'm like, no, tighten it up. Right. Well, yeah, me too. I mean, well, for me, like I said, the pilot is a vertigo. I think they do, for me anyway, they did a good job of hooking me in and making me want to know how is this going to play out. But like you said, as it goes along, it uh, there's a lot of things that just need to be more streamlined. And there's a lot of side journeys to characters that you just don't care about and really don't contribute much to the overall story. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be worse. I'm... Fuck, I've seen, uh, I've seen Return of the Swamp Thing, so I know it can be worse. <laughs> oh, it could always be worse. The other Swamp Thing TV series, I have a couple seasons of that. I don't think I have the last. That's a fucking rough watch. <laughs> it's, it's fucking boring. It's so boring. <laughs> that will test you. Yeah. Swamp Thing, hanging out with a little kid, whining. <laughs> Swamp Thing's in every episode for about two minutes. Mm-hmm. Arcane is a completely different, like, over-the-top villain. I remember a PSA from the 90s from that Swamp Thing TV show. It used to air on USA. And I remember there was a, it was like a PSA of Arcane and Swamp Thing like talking. <laughs> and it was like, Swamp Thing was like, you know, Arcane, we're mortal enemies. We don't agree on anything. And Arcane's like, that's true. But you know, there is one thing we do agree on. And that's not doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It was no. fucking hilarious. <laughs> and I, I, I saw that PSA like a hundred times as a kid. Oh, no. That's a return of the Swamp Thing PSA. I don't know. I'll have to do some searching to find that because <laughs> it was funny. And then there was, there was also uh, an animated series that only lasted like five episodes. It was basically just made to sell a toy line. Mm-hmm. Like Swamp Thing and his sidekicks, Bayou Jack. And... <laughs> Some other dude, and they were fighting Arcane and his army of unmen. Just <laughs> fun. I mean, those are characters from the comics. Yeah, I was yeah. hoping to see some unmen in this, for God's sake. <laughs> no, no Arcane, no unmen. It's dumb. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we don't get a really good bad guy until the last episode, and by then it's too late, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. 
Which is too bad, you know, because, like you said, it's not that the actors are bad. Virginia Madsen does a good job. Jennifer Beals yeah. does a good job. Yeah, hell of a cast. Yeah. It's just that there's still all this, like, other human drama that you really don't care about. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's it for Swamp Thing. We'll do other shows down the line. <laughs> I don't know. I can't even remember which ones are left, but we'll do some others. Maybe break up the pilot season with a comic or two. Stick around. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, like and subscribe the show. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Vertigo Voices, Instagram, Vertigo Voices, or email us at Vertigo Voices. Fuck, I always do that. Email. Or email us. Our email address is VerticoVoices at gmail.com. Actually, it's been a while since I fucked that up that bad. But um, <laughs> Let us know what you'd like to hear us talk about how much you hated the episode where we just listed off books. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. All right. Thanks for listening once again. Yeah, what do you think of Swamp Thing? Have you seen it? Do you want to see it? You know, and if you want to watch it, watch it and come back and tell me how wrong I am. If you don't, then fuck off. Why are you listening to this? <laughs> right? Send us some good hate mail. Yeah. We like mail either way. <laughs> All right. I think we're good then. Goodbye. Fare thee well. Keep reading and watching. <laughs>